0: Hey Quiros, Cammie here. Today's episode is a chat with the reigning international Mr. Leather, Jack Thompson. I'm so excited to talk to this person. And I also want to ask you to do me a favor go to saveyourselfbook.com and pre order my upcoming memoir. It is going to be out in March, but if you pre order it, it helps me so much. Pre order it! saveyourselfbook.com. The name of the book is Save Yourself. Holding I know, I know, I know, it's careless. Yeah, I had like a really fucked up medical situation yesterday where like I went to the optometrist just to get my like contact, my contact prescription checked. And they were like, what's, I think you're bleeding into your eyes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's something you really want to hear. And also like, I just like, went to
0: like a lens crafter's because I, I mean, I have like... <laughs> I, I just didn't think it was going to be a intense. One, so there's, I'm literally (laughs) looking at like an Auntie Annie's pretzels or whatever, (laughs) Auntie Anne's being like, please don't give me like real medical information while I'm looking at a pretzel stand. (laughs) And so then I had to go to like a retina specialist and like my eyes were dilated for like 10 hours or something like that. And then she looked in my, she does the thing, you know, when they're like really looking at your retinas, they like are shining a light directly into your eye, which is so comfortable. And I just feel like it was like, My eyes were watering and I was crying. I was like, I felt like I was, she literally had like the bed, like had taken the chair and made it into like a flat bed and was shining the light in my eyes and going, you're so strong. I don't think I could do that. Jordan, I had a weird day.
1: That is not helpful. And then I just had to go
0: to a show. (laughs) And then today's just today. I feel like I got stabbed in the eyes with like (laughs) giant rods. Anyway, she said, I don't think this is what she said also. She goes, look. I don't see bleeding. What happened is that the gelatin has pulled away, and then she left the room. And you know when you're, like, so happy that a doctor says something to you, you're like, phew, that you don't ask any follow-up questions? That's, so I was like, oh, thank God. It's just the gelatin. And then I was like, wait, what are you – what, what was that? What was that information? Is <laughs> yeah.
1: Why is it moved? Why, what has happened? Where There's was so it many originally? <laughs> yeah, so then. Is that a problem? <laughs> like,
0: But I put it to Twitter, and they told me what was going on, which I think is just um, – aging for bad eyes because i have bad eyes so anyway i have to go back and have it checked again but 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 my gelatin moved away (laughs) and i honestly didn't even throw it a going away party and i (laughs) and i was like oh thank god it's just the gelatin. what the fucker what is this
1: of all the things they talk about with aging like okay so this is gonna happen they never talk about your gelatin They don't talk about the eye gelatin never been a thing no one brings that
0: up until this podcast Query, anyway. You are bringing it to the people.
1: (laughs) Good to know. (laughs) So
0: thank you so much for being here this morning. And I always have guests introduce themselves.
1: Will you introduce yourself? (laughs) Um, I'm Jack Thompson. I am the uh, current international Mr. Leather.
0: Yes, you are, which is a really uh, big deal. I'm so glad that you found time in your schedule. I know that because you won the title. When is IML? It's Uh, Memorial
1: Weekend, so it's the end of May. Yeah. Yeah. It's, just, it's been nonstop since then.
0: <laughs> and how long had you been competing in the leather
1: circuit? Is that the right – I
0: mean, community.
1: It's like a title circuit within the leather community. So it's like – it's a part of it, but, but it's circuit not,
0: isn't the wrong
1: It's not the wrong word, okay. but it's like I don't really would know what a better word would be either, Okay, got it. You know? So
0: how long have you been
1: competing? Um Well – I I won my first title in December. Okay. Uh which was Leatherman of Color, which is a national title, so that kind of covers the entire US. Um and so then you pretty much go straight from preparing for that to then just the rest of the time you're preparing for IML. Um, where is the leather men of color? Where is that contest? So it's held last year. It was held in DC. This year it'll be in Baltimore, which makes me feel happy because then I can stay home. You're from Baltimore. I live in Baltimore. Yes. Um, and, but it's a, but anybody in the, any, uh, person who identifies as male, um, in the United States can, that feels like they want to run for this title can. So, uh, there's also a leather woman of color. Um, shout out to my sash wife, velvet, and my international sass wife Haley. Hey, mm-hmm. um, but uh, and so she's been doing a great job too. So I, I've kind of like because I now have this one, I've kind of left her to deal with with that part of mm. the title.
0: How common is it for the person who wins the Leatherman of Color to then win? IML? Uh, I'm the first. I thought that was true.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I am the first. The closest have been in the top 10, which is still a huge deal Uh, to make to top 20 is a is a landmark by itself for a lot of people, Uh, for pretty much anybody. It's a huge honor to make it to top 20. Um, And there's only 41 of us that have ever that there's only been going on for 41 years. So there's not many of us that have ever won. (laughs)
0: Wow. And then you are also the first. Trans guy? I'm to the first
1: trans man of color. We have uh, – Tyler McCormick won um, nine years ago. Um, so I'm the second trans man, but I'm the first man uh, – other man of color to, to, to win, trans man of color to win.
0: That's amazing. What, what do you feel like um, – well, I guess, let's say – Prior to December, when you started competing, this was a community you were a part of, or is oh, it a yeah. community that you entered to
1: compete? <laughs> I've I've been in the leather and kink community, uh, leather more specifically, once I, like, sort of entered into my 20s, but, like, kink I've been into and just not able to go to a lot of things since I was about 15, 16, and then after 18, I started, like, delving closer into, like, things I really liked because I had just more access, um, and I've been a part of le- the leather community in general since then. Um, I entered more into the the men's uh, arena of that uh, in my midish twenties. 20s um, because I, you know, being like a young trans person, it was much easier, more comfortable to enter in with from the women and trans uh, side. So I've been to uh, International Miss Leather. That was one of my – I've gone to that every year uh, for – this will be my ninth year. Going to that, and um, I grew up in San Francisco in the Bay Area, so uh, Miss San Francisco and like the contests out there were always very comforting for me. But
0: wait, I want to go back here for a second. So you, you, you said the women and trans side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, So in your experience, or or in the sort of evolution of the leather community. I mean, I'm assuming, based on what you just said, some knowledge of, like, my own experience with the community, which is that, like, trans folks are sort of more grouped with, like, lesbian, bi, and non-binary folks. Because, like, that whole community is, I don't know, just seemingly more linked together. And then it's, like, cis gay men over here by themselves. like as a monolithic experience and then sort of there. everyone else having a like interwoven experience. And so is that what you're talking about when you say that? Yeah.
1: It's, I mean, there's like, especially for like the bar scene and the, and uh, the, the like different layers of the the contest circuits. It's been very like, there's like the women and trans and non-binary folks. And then there's been like a lot of cis men and that, in the last 10 years or so has severely shifted. There's a lot more inclusion across the board. Um, There's a lot more space for trans men, especially to be running for men's titles. Um, There's a lot more clubs and groups and bars that change a lot of their wording to their events that are like people who identify as male versus like, you know, checking for IDs and things like that. So there's been a lot of, of push to be more inclusive, which has made it possible for me to be here in the first place. So.
0: Right. Yeah. Cause you said you were talking about, I mean, how old are you now? Cause you were talking about getting into <laughs> uh, this thirty-three. In, okay. Got it. So you're talking about like in the last decade, which yeah. lines up with what you're saying here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's certainly, you know, has been what I've seen in our community. I remember, uh, there's a there's a bathhouse in, in Chicago. I have no idea if this is still enforced because this is like when I lived there. Steamworks, which also has a location in Berkeley.
1: Yep. Yeah, I remember riding my bike past there a lot. Like yeah. when I was a kid and I had and no y- clue. You have
0: to have like an M on your driver's license <laughs> to mm-hmm. enter. And um, I have no idea what that policy is like now. So I'll just do that. Most say places I it's still know.
1: mostly the same. Um, M on
0: the driver's license?
1: Yeah, which it is, and it like it. That is definitely a rule in most bathhouses in most places. That's that's also usually a um, a rule, like a city or statewide law about the kinds of spaces or changing rooms and things like that. And mm-hmm. that's also some people just trying to stay mm-hmm. in that space because they don't want women or whatever in, in the spaces. Um, but then you run into situations like me, where most people, when they look at me, I have like a pass, like passability privileges, which. I kind of hate because the whole concept is horrible. But like people, if they don't clock you, quote unquote, as trans, they're not looking at your marker. They just look at you. They look at your age and then they put your ID back. Um, If they at all suspect that you might be something different, they will look at everything on your ID and completely like be like, no, you can't come in here. So I've definitely been into many bathhouses that had that rule, but I don't have my marker changed. Really?
0: That's actually really interesting to me. I have—well, first of all, I actually will say I have been in Steamworks Chicago because they, like—I <laughs> once did a show in there, which is, that like— That is
1: so— oh, Can wow. you imagine? Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I'm the only woman to ever enter that location. Uh, they, like, brought me in through a
1: back door and— Which is—this is funny all by itself. Yes, it but. is. <laughs> I agree. Yeah.
0: And I— um. I performed and I was, there was like a group of folks facing me and then I was facing the showers. So like there's people who were watching me and I was doing stand up, but what I was watching was like, like, how do you stay
1: focused? Seemingly much more
0: interesting. Yes. Um, yeah, but I will, so your experience, so let me ask you a question. Do you mind if you don't mind? So when you, you get in to a place like this and your, and your idea is not, like you're saying, they're not like noticing that, right. and you're getting in. So then, like, what happens for you when you are showing your body in that space? Which I don't know what your body looks like, but I'm assuming that you might have.
1: I've had top surgery, but I has I haven't had anything else. So I, I mean, it's it varies. Um, generally, like I like going to bathhouses. Regardless of whether or not I'm going to get laid or do anything like that. Like I honestly, if there's a hot tub, I'm there. Like that's kinda, who doesn't love a hot tub. right? Yeah. So um, and one of the benefits of, of this whole time is like that I get to travel. And uh, so I've been to a few bathhouses in um, different states, different countries. And. Um, When I do go, I love going with um, my friend John, who is my first runner-up. And I've been a friend of mine for years. And, uh, like, he goes and he has a great time. And then I'm like, I'll see you later. I'm going to sit in this hot tub for a while and just watch Mm -hmm. porn. And I usually just end up, like, talking to people and hanging out, um, which is fine for me. But I have definitely sat down in a hot tub and just been minding my own business and had, like, the dirty looks or had people, like, whisper or, like – you know, walk by and sort of, like, nudge my shoulder, you know, like that, like, we know you shouldn't be here kind of feel. And I – it used to bother me, and now I – I don't know. I think I've just, like, lost the ability to care what they think. Sure. Like, because if I was – if we were outside of this and we were at a bar and you had to saw a bunch of people around me, you'd be treating me very differently than seeing me in the space.
0: Yeah, and also, I mean, I know I don't – I don't know. I don't have to tell you this, but, but – the you shouldn't be here thing, it's like, well, okay, well, then where should I be? Right. Is, I think, you know, a, a big question for our community to try to figure the fuck out as we, you know...
1: Like, I'm a dirty pig, too. Like, I like to be here as well. Like, so, like, like we're all here for the same reasons, guys. Like, calm down. <laughs> and, yeah. like, unless, unless I'm trying to fuck you or you're trying to fuck me, I really don't care what you have to say to me in a bathhouse. Sure. You know, like...
0: Absolutely. And also if somebody – I mean, there isn't a presumption that everybody in a bathhouse is into every body that's there, every person's right. body. So the idea that like your body would somehow then be like a special body because not everybody's into it, It's like, well, this is kind of universally the experience that's going on here is people are getting to choose and opt into the experiences that they want. It's not like – Every person walking through the door is like, I actually love indiscriminately love every single body I'm seeing. You know, like that's yeah. just not the Even queer Even the experience.
1: sluttiest of my friends are not into everybody. Every like, single, everybody like <laughs> that's not,
0: that's just not how the world works. No. Yeah. So I, I think that's also a big thing that we ignore as a community. We we talk in absolutes like that. Like for some reason that a trans body is different than like, uh, like a, a super, like a person who's just like, I'm super fat or a person who's like, I'm super muscly. Like those are right. different, different people that different people
1: are into. Totally. Yeah. We wouldn't have like, you know, the bear community. We wouldn't have like, you know, like so many different kinds of body types and clubs and people that are into so many, we wouldn't have all the colors of the flagging variety rainbow that we have. If we, if every single person was into every single thing and every kind of body, like, mm-hmm. and, and that's beautiful because there's somebody for everybody. There's or multiple people for everybody. Like <laughs> and and that's that's great. So why are we bothering to like shame somebody because you happen to not be the body type they want to have sex with? Like I mean, fe- fear? Yeah, generally. Like I feel like a lot of people are like if I shame you, people won't shame me because they'll be focused on you. I feel like a, lo- a lot of the time that happens as well and I'm like,
0: yeah. Oh. I mean, I also think – I mean, I would love to hear your read on this. I often think that over-patrolled masculinity and the root of all homophobia is misogyny. You know, like we're we're trying to figure out how to have there be somebody who wins. And in order for there to be somebody who wins, there has to be somebody who loses. And like patriarchy requires that women always lose. And so anything that is perceived as – feminine is on the losing end and i mean i i think that that's the root of oh
1: yeah no like I why i'm agree. patrolled
0: for my haircut and it's the root of why you're patrolled f- for your body you know mm-hmm. it's like the same it's all we're all fighting the same thing which is like that um
1: the overarching evil that is misogyny and yeah the patriarchy as it is like um i just was a part of um this last weekend uh which is the first reason why i was here uh was blackout uh, 24, which is the 24th anniversary celebration of Onyx, which is um, a cl- national club that I'm a part of um, for uh, leather men of color uh, to uh, educate each other, to empower each other, to explore kink and um, relationships. Uh, and so it was a great weekend, a lot of fun classes, a lot of good uh, events. And I helped with a trans 201 class. Uh, which was very well received, and there were a lot of people in that room. Oh, I
0: also um, like that it – so it wasn't Trans 101? <laughs> trans
1: 101 had happened a couple of years previously. At a I love event. that there's a
0: Trans 201.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was – I was supposed, I was the, like, special surprise like, yeah, guest cool. on the panel. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I – it was a really good time, but someone in the room, a friend of mine, talked about how, like, you know, the the shitty part about our community and it, it, the general the world is that people punch down so, right. like, even even gay men who have been bullied and, you know, discriminated against their whole lives um, will punch down to be like, well, at least I'm still a man. Yeah. And that, and that really is awful because, in my opinion, like, if you know what it feels like to deal with this kind of oppression, why the hell are you doing it to somebody else? Mm-hmm. But people don't think about it that way. They just think about, well, like, I'm not the one being oppressed right now. So, like, what can I do, to, you know, and – but I love that, like he, like he just said it out loud. I'm like, thank you for saying that because yeah. it's true. Like people do that.
0: Well, and this is also specifically woven into the leather community in that some of the things that are being celebrated are these traditionally. I mean, I wish I wish we had better words, but yeah, yeah like these like s- super macho things. That being said, when I went to see um, my friend Elliot win their title, like, I, yes, I know, <laughs> uh-huh. I um. <laughs> You know the community itself doesn't look like the village people version of the community. Like there isn't no. just one guy. You know there isn't just one. We type don't of all guy. look like Tom
1: of Finland. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> so
0: and and um, there did seem to even be like a spectrum of femininity and masculinity and like boy, man. You know, like that that all seemed to really be there. But certainly, what's exported from the community is like the most. Much. I literally saw a guy that made me so happy. He was dressed as a football player and police officer. Like it was like he'd had made a like football pads that also were was the police. He's like is the football so police, and I just was like, I get it. Like ultimate masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> I am
1: the symbol. I
0: am the sports police. You know. Um, but it was great, and he looked awesome. And and um. But like, what's your take on that? As somebody who has. I'm assuming had to figure out some stuff about their own masculinity. What is it like to enter a space where, I mean, do you feel like you're performing hypermasculinity? I mean,
1: I, I've cultivated my life to be what I needed to be for me to feel comfortable. Like I don't have a separate Facebook page for like my muggle life. I don't have a muggle life. I just like, I don't like, and I, I just got over a long time ago the idea that I had to be somebody else's idea of me mm. because who who am I doing that for like if if I'm not gaining someone's approval by being myself like what am I doing so and I even I said this in a in I think one of the first articles that we did after I won the contest cuz the guy was like I've I've only been to IML once but I didn't go to the contest but I assume that you have to be like the biggest like dominant like sir to sort of win this contest and I was like well obviously you don't have to be the most domily dom in dom town to win because I I am uh like I'm into pup play I'm I'm a collared submissive like I like I don't submit to everybody because no but like I'm not that person I'm secure in who I am and I think that is the most important thing because you have to have a level of ego and confidence to get up on a stage in front of, you know, a thousand people, you know, with 68 other guys to, to – and like strut your stuff in a confident <gasps> way <laughs> to be able to to get to this point. Um, but like –
0: I think you were referring to your physical size during some of that.
1: Oh yeah, like you are, I
0: like gesturing rest- with your hands. But. I am
1: a wee wee man. Like I am, I am, I'm like I'm five six and like just now finally passed like 125 pounds of like for, for the first time in my life. So <laughs> it's I I definitely am not like a big bodybuilding you know mustached you know leatherman, but I am a leatherman. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't there's not a there's not a checkbox or a costume that, like, goes with that. Did you
0: ever feel like you had to change your body to do this? Like, start lifting hardcore or anything like that?
1: I mean, I definitely wanted to get more toned for the actual contest because, like, they are judging your body. Like, there is a portion where they are judging your physique that is a part of the contest. Um, and I've, I've always been a fairly, like, toned person. Uh, this is the first time in my life, actually, because I haven't worked out. At all since the contest because I have literally not had the time like there's been no time for that. So I'm feeling a little worried about my body right now. But like it's not because someone else it's not because of an idea that someone mm. else has because of what I feel like my body needs to be like for me to feel comfortable. um But I didn't worry about that as much with the contest. I was more worried because like while I. While I am fairly comfortable on a stage, I've been doing drag for years, like I did stand-up back in the day, like I'm fairly good. I still get a fairly big level of stage fright when it comes to public speaking specifically, and so that speech was terrifying. Sure.
0: (laughs) Well, also, very few people have the um – I mean, I guess also like pageantry has this, um, but right. very few people have the two fears, which are uh, public speaking and partial nudity mm-hmm. in the same night. Like that's actually, <laughs> those are like the two fears that that people have in there. They're yeah. usually like, we just, we have to go to a pool party or we have to give a speech. We don't like usually don't have to give both. a speech at a pool party. No, <laughs> uh, so we're not going
1: to spring break I and like making a big deal. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. I understand
0: <laughs> that, that's a, that that must also be like um, an unusual combination in terms of putting yourself out there because that's a lot of, putting yourself out there
1: yes it is it is it makes you feel more vulnerable than than anything i've ever experienced um thank like the only reason why i feel like i did as well as i did is because i've done so many things inadvertently to train for it like i didn't know what i was training myself for that's what i was doing but there's been many things like between doing drag and getting used to just being on stage and acting ridiculous and like playing, playing a part, you know, putting on that hat to be able to be some like do something different. And then I was on the bear chest calendar in San Francisco. And like that got me closer to being more in the men's scene and like showing off my body in that way. Now that I actually like a year since I had top surgery and I feel comfortable with the way my body looks and the year of like just literally being shirtless for like Mm. pretty much like eight months in front of a lot of people and have a lot of pictures taken and like, you know, be, you know, objectified. Like all of that training got me to where I am and I was just doing them because they were fun and they were, you know, we did a lot of work for the community and it was great, but I didn't know like, Oh, this is what I've been training for for the last like five years.
0: I find that that, that that often has happened to me. I, I totally know what you're talking about. I think that we, yeah, we sometimes um, gather skills like so many Pokemon, not knowing <laughs> when we, the fight will take place. Um, that Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Can I ask you a couple follow-up questions? Totally. Okay, here's one. Number one, collared submissive. Mm-hmm. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I think I know, but I'd like you to tell me so, if you don't mind. So
1: I'm in a 24-7 um, dominant submissive relationship with um, my husband. Uh, and so, like, yeah, like, we play and, like, he's he's my dominant, he does all these things, but he's also, like, my my daddy. And, like, that's a very, like, caretaker role of, like, you're not just there to, like, you know, beat somebody or yell at them or have them do shit for you. Like, it's a, like, like, I take care of him. Like, I do the chores. I take off his boots uh, at the end of the night. I help him put on his formals when we go to events, like, um, That also bleeds into I'm also his like actual caregiver because my husband is a disabled veteran. So I like um, I make sure he takes his pills like I do. Like there's a lot of like specific roles and rules in our relationship that we have more than a regular couple does. Mm. Um, Like we have an open relationship, but I like check in with him like, hey, I would like to play with this person. Is that okay Like if someone wants to play with me, they have to ask him. Like so there's there's certain things like that that we have together um, and I, you know, wear a collar. Um, and it's, it's just a different, it's just different parts of relationships. Like people, I feel like more people are in close to dominant, submissive relationships because there's always tends to be a more dominant personality. Sure. It's just what that means. Like what kind of things do you do for that person to show service or like. To and also show like
0: whether it's them. fully opted into. Right. Because like like we have a contract. What you're <laughs> talking about is different than societal expectations. I mean, certainly Very. most like straight cis couples are in like some form of a societally created dominant and submissive relationship. Even if they're like working on specific stuff for themselves, they're doing that like against the backdrop of what's been suggested. Right. You know, even still today in 2019. So, um, I also, that's your husband is a disabled vet. What a beautiful way for that to be like worked into a life. Yeah. To have that be... Um, like something that you can do together that's sexy and fun that also might be a need. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a really wonderful, I'm just like, it's like uh, very sweet to hear that actually. <laughs> so yeah. Um, did you know him when he was in the service?
1: No. Um, no, we met, let's see, we've been married for three years and together for five years. Uh, I met him at my ex-girlfriend's birthday party when we were together, and they were best friends. Uh, oh yeah! So sure. he had literally just moved to the Bay Area and had no, like, didn't really have any other friends. And mm. and I was just like, oh, a dude is here, great! And like, and he was the first man that I was ever interested in in any romantic way at all. So, you know, we just sat next to each other and started talking about comics and Doctor Who, and we both love Irish music. We both love hockey. Both like like UFC. Like, so we just had all the things. Did and, that freak you out to be interested in him in a romantic way? I mean, I I wasn't at first. Like, it, it took it took like a year for me to fully re, like admit that we were dating because I had to deal with my own internalized homophobia around that. Because um, there's like that same like misogynistic like <clears throat> you know pissing contest that a lot of trans men sound of fall into of like I've been on tea longer or I'm I've been you know I'm still I'm straight so I did like there's like that that horrible like crap that we have to get past that's so toxic so I was working on that <laughs> sure yeah <laughs> and I was still you know dating my girlfriend so I was just like but I'm still I'm, I'm still like grasping onto my straightness as much as right, possible right yeah even though I'm still like super queer and trans and there's a whole bunch of other stuff there um, but we you know after a while I was like no like this is like, I care about him. I love him. It's – I have to figure out what that means for me, you know. Um, but we've done all – we've done the work. So, like, he's helped me figure out a lot of stuff. And he – like, he was Mr. San Francisco and mm. was first runner-up at IML in 2017. So I saw this – I saw all of it really up close. Um, And, like, the the things that can go wrong, the things that can go right, and, and how people handle – winning or losing and he also helped me through this whole process um and that's been hard since i've won because i'm not home sure um and so i'm not doing a lot of my job right now which is (laughs) really hard for me as a service-oriented person and really hard for him as someone who's like at home sure Um, yeah um so it's 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 been rough but it's good
0: In terms of the timeline, when you were when you were with this ex, when you were with women, was that where you were you in the leather community at that time? Mm-hmm. Yes, you were. Yep. And so you identified as like a straight dude that mm-hmm. was in the
1: leather community. Yep.
0: How common is that? It's
1: it's mm, in like the in like the the contest circuit. It's actually not very common. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot more there are a lot more bisexual and queer people than I think are willing to talk about it a lot because there's a lot of stigma in the community of like, well, you're not a real, like you shouldn't be here unless you're gay or like, you're not really, you know, there's, there's a lot of bullshit around like, you know, bisexuality being like not real, even in, in that community, which is horrible. Sure. Um, Well,
0: that don't worry. That exists in every, everywhere. Yeah. All the
1: time. (laughs) But you'd think we'd be better and we're not, you know, no No
0: subset is better on that issue.
1: Not at all. Um, So, like, yeah. So it's, uh, but I I think that there's like that that caveat that happens. Like, well, you're trans, so you're still queer. Got it. Regardless of how you identify sexually. Like, and that always was weird for me because I was just say, that almost
0: sounds like erasure, though, the other direction, you know? Like, I I don't know. I mean, it's certainly complicated it's very the,
1: complicated and it's all about the, like the individual person how they identify and how mm-hmm. they feel and like even even now like you know my you know, my ex lives with us like we all live together and, and sounds uh, queer it's super
0: sounds queer. like a queer with our
1: with all the household. dogs and the cats and all the things <laughs> um the the snakes all of it and we uh and it's they still make fun of me because after all these years I still don't identify as Polly identify as a monogamous person in a poly situation.
0: So your ex, you wait, you're so the people that you're having poly relationships with are other folks in the community or with your ex?
1: Um, I mean, we only broke up about a year ago Got and it. we all live together and we love each other very much. And, you know, I, I can't imagine my, my life without her in it. Um, And, you know, my our family has been through a lot, but we we still seem to be able to make it work most of the time.
0: So you just carry a lot of identities.
1: Yeah. I mean also this
0: is a this
1: is a question that
0: I'm not sure I can ask as a white person, but are you a mixed race person? Yes. Yeah. It's like
1: I check all you're the boxes. It's ridiculous. All
0: yeah. the identities. Because when you were talking about Onyx, another thing I wanted to come back to was like, um, I think this might be incorrect. My understanding was that that was like a a black specifically oriented nope. group. Yeah, no, and that we, and
1: that, ha- that happens a lot. A lot okay. of people think that it is a specifically black men's group. It is a men of color group. Okay, um, and you know different areas have like more like 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 the the southwest chapter that just threw blackout um, is like very heavily uh, Latinx and like uh, more than any other chapter. Uh, and it's wonderful to see that because so many people see Onyx and they just see black men. And mm-hmm. we have so much more than that. We have – and like – and I mix. Like I'm I'm black and white. I'm Jamaican and Irish. And that's – um basically there's a lot more stuff in there than – <laughs> but it's um, – Yeah, but, you want to
0: talk about that stuff in there? What's the stuff that was between your hands? Oh, there's, was-
1: there's so much. Like I mean there – I'm so – like it's like – white european mutt and then like mostly jamaican and like a few other things sprinkled in there and like we're all like so many things mm-hmm. but people only see like one or two.
0: Of course. So. Yeah, and also in the, in your particular situation for either of those was there a closeness in proximity to that culture outside of american culture? Like I just mean in terms of generations or were were they both like longtime jamaican american or like irish american? I mean my
1: people? mom my mom is the first one over here. My mom was a model and came over on vacation and met my dad on a blind date. You know, like, so she grew oh. up in, in London uh, her whole life, but was born in Jamaica. So it's, like, real close. But because we lived in California, I barely had a lot – I didn't have a lot of contact right. with most of that family. Like, I've been in Jamaica a couple times, been to England a few times, Um And I have relatives that live in the States, but it's all the East Coast. So I didn't – I was mostly with my dad's side of the family that lives mostly in California.
0: Even that is so complicated because Jamaica just stopped being an English colony like four seconds ago. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. So (laughs)
1: (laughs) – There's so so much there. It's – (laughs) yeah. And also like I now can't really go back. Because there's still there's it's such a dangerous place for queer folks and trans yes, folks sure. and even my relatives have been like we love you but don't like really yeah and I'm like yeah like why would I put myself through that let's go to Mexico if I want to go somewhere you know tropical and fun but like I don't I don't need to go anywhere where I'm gonna like purposely put myself in danger you know like
0: yeah I mean let's see I think I to I went when did I go to Jamaica to Kingston um, just at a different time in my life when I was like fully very religious. Hey, we've all got, we all contain multitudes.
1: We all got, we all got past, we all got stuff Um, we had to work through.
0: (laughs) And, uh, but anyway, at the time it was, so this must've been in like, it must've been like 03 or 02. And yeah, it was a huge issue at the time. Like I remember there were singers and I can't remember anybody's name because that's a minute ago. That had like sort of openly, and this exists here, but it oh, was yeah. like even I think more. um Like to, it was like baked into the music. Yeah, you could hear people like threatening, and then, again, this does exist here, of course, but it was like essentially like I'll I'll, I'll kill you in the face. Oh, if yeah. you,
1: you know whatever. And it's very it's like a very societally accepted opinion to have mm. over that, and I like. Unless you're literally at the resort and staying at the resort, like, because people love tourism, like, you know, and they'll they'll take your money and they'll drive you places and do whatever you got to do. But like, it's generally pretty dangerous. And but my then family that's, lived out in the country. so I super complicated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like,
0: super complicated, too, also, because as like a I don't know, if I family- mean, as a as a. Person of color with Jamaican heritage, you go stay at the resort. Like, that – it's all a giant. It's, it's right. a
1: whole <laughs> – There's so much that – like, my, my grandmother's estate is still there, and it's beautiful, but, like, I can't go back. So mm. – and I – it's it's sad, and I mourn that, but it's – it is what it is, you know? Like, so I just – I just – you know, I've always been much closer to my dad's side of the family, which are, you know, California hillbilly folk. So lots of banjos, mm. lots of – bluegrass music lots of hunting so like it's i grew up very differently than like i didn't even think that i could join onyx when we first started about uh starting a chapter in the northwest because i was like well i'm mixed and i don't have the same i feel like i don't have the same background um to have the camaraderie with people in this club that i you know i think people look for when they're looking for this and I was, you know, ta- I talked to lots of people that were part of Onyx um, and the guys that wanted to start the chapter uh, in the Bay Area, in the Northwest, and they were like, no, like we all grew up differently and no matter what we look like or what our backgrounds are. And we bring that to the table and we share that and we find common ground and we learn new things about each other. And that's what this is about. So I was like, okay, like you've convinced me, <laughs> Like and like I and I love my brothers and my siblings uh, of Onyx uh, and and the Onyx pearls uh, mm-hmm. so much. Uh, they've done so much for me and supported me uh, through this whole experience. <laughs> um, I don't know, like how I would have gotten, you know, gotten through a lot of this if it wasn't uh, in the last few years, if it wasn't for Onyx. Mm-hmm. So, I'm
0: I don't know if this is, you know, sometimes when I speak to somebody who's well, actually, I don't know. Do you have a, do you have a day job?
1: <laughs> um, so uh, I work leather. Uh, I, I'm a leather craftsman. Uh, I worked, I worked at Mr. S leather in San Francisco for a few couple years and I, I learned literally everything. I didn't even know how to sew before that. Um, and I just, of all the things I've done, cause most of my background is in either retail or counseling to, of some degree. Um, and I, I never knew that I could be a nice person after work before. <laughs> like I thought that it was just like, sure. you no, know, you just don't talk to me for two hours after I got out of work because I right. don't I don't want to. Um, but I would get out of work because you literally have headphones on for eight hours a day just doing this. And right. it's so like wonderful and just like kind of like that – Really nice numbing in a way of just like, I'm just going to repetitively do the same thing over and over and over again. And it was like very calming. And I get out of work and be like, oh, I can be social now. Sure. And, and, and I just – I loved doing it. And so when we moved, I bought myself a big table sewing machine. And, you know, I have in, – in our, in our house in Baltimore, I have like – I live in the basement – I am the redhead that lives in the basement. Um, And I have like my bedroom and my workspace and my office down there. And, you know, I was getting everything set up and getting really kind of going. I had some projects and then this happened. So now I'm home for maybe 48 hours a week, maybe. And when I'm when I'm there, I'm asleep or doing chores and repacking. Like, so
0: do you get paid
1: for your appearances? No. No. So you're just like. Not making a
0: ton of money this year. That's kind of part of it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Real stressful. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting part of it too, that I wasn't totally aware of how folks deal with that, you know,
1: and it's. There is a travel fund. So there is, there is a fund that helps me do things, but it's, there's only so much of that. And I'm basically saving that for the big international trips. Like I paid for my trip to Berlin with that. And I paid for, I paid for lifts cause I don't drive. So mm-hmm. like, that's been a lot of it. I'm paying when I go to Amsterdam, uh, I'll be paying with that. But that only goes so far. Uh, mostly it's been a lot of community donations, which I, it is overwhelming the amount that people have been supporting me. Um, like I am I, trying not to tear up right now because it's just it's it's so much. Like I never thought that people. Oh, would Oh, you can
0: fully tear up. Don't don't. Like this people, is people aren't going to see me. This <laughs> is
1: not the podcast where you have to almost tear up. Oh man, uh, and and then like um, you know, we we own the we own the house and everything. Uh, so my husband is taken. You know, t- and it takes on most of that, and I. And he just he helps me be like, no, you have to go do what you have to do. Um, and it's, and I, I technically am on, um, you know, I'm, I'm technically an employee of, uh, the local, one of our local gay bars in Baltimore. They're basically like, whenever you can work, just let us know like a week ahead of time and we'll just put you on the (laughs) schedule. I'm like, thanks guys. Yeah. But like, I literally have worked one shift. Sure in the last, you know, 6 months. So,
0: yeah, what a strange year. That is that is an assi- and I'm I'm sure also very difficult to then exit at the just I just mean to go from that to then having to
1: be, be a person be again, like, yeah, yeah. Not be a weird Jayless celebrity mm-hmm. anymore, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they always like the the guys that I've talked to in like the previous winners that have been so wonderful and and supportive have been like, you need a project, like you need something when you're done. You need to go on a vacation yes. that's for you, and you need something to do. So I'm like.
0: That's right. That's true. I mean, that's my experience with just touring. Also, another thing I would say, and this is not meant to be advice, just experience. Um, there's, in my experience, there's always a crash mm-hmm. that's un, that's that cannot be prevented. Sometimes I can get really hard on myself when I come back from touring, and then I feel sad. It's like that feeling of like coming home from camp, and you're like, I lost all my friends. friends right? Yeah. I don't. I don't even belong here anymore. I don't fit in. You know, and it like. It's bad every time. Event And drop. then I can yep. get – exactly. And then I can get really in my own head thinking like, well, why didn't you do something to prevent this? And it's like – There's nothing you can it's, do. It's unpreventable. Yeah. It's just it's just like a – you have to take to the couch for – sh- it doesn't even have to be long. It can be a couple of days. But, yeah, I think that's a very weird thing that we don't talk a lot about for – Folks that make a lot of their
1: in in, in our community because because every contest and every event everything is like a weekend long like mm-hmm. you stay in a hotel you like go to the things you see all it's like going to camp every weekend mm-hmm. and then every time I come home like because I used to we could go away for the, for the weekend. I come home, take Monday off, you know, and just yeah. sort of stay in bed. you know me and me and the husband will watch all the CW shows we miss during the week and <laughs> and then you know the next day it's like, okay, I can be a person again. But because it's literally every weekend, like I this is my longest trip that I'm on right now, so' I'm, I'm in SoCal f- till the 28th. yeah, and that's a long time to be away from home at all, but it literally it's like a I leave Thursday or whatever trip I'm going on. I'm there until Monday, and then I go home, and then I have Tuesday and Wednesday to try and, like, pick myself back up again, and then I'm off again on Thursday. I... And that's every weekend until the end of the year. I have been living this schedule
0: for one decade. Yep. And it is really tiring, and it's a little hard to stay connected to your friends. Like, you see people on the road. Also, it's like, I have to say, this is such a dickhead thing to say, (laughs) but it's fucking true. It's like... I, well, I really care about my audience the same way, you know, it's a community, the same way that, like, you're experiencing a community, and there's a lot of, like, you know, people wait in line to talk to me, and then they say a nice thing, and I, I do take a lot of deliberate actions, so I don't think it's, it, it means a lot to me that people notice that and that they want to talk to me about it, that's amazing, and it's, it feels very it feels like the right amount like it doesn't feel always like so over the top it just feels like cool we're all having this wonderful experience together but um also that can't last you know like you right. can't live the rest of your life and then like the person that's making your coffee is like, thank you so much for the work that you do. Like, that's like not any, but it does make, it's a very strange on and off. Yeah. Like, and I know that that also must be something that you're experiencing. A lot of people wanting to talk to you or like you're very visible. Oh yeah. And then you're just like for Tuesday or Wednesday, you're in your- house just having like a normal just experience. under
1: the covers like yeah, naughty. it's like just a
0: strange just me and um, the dog
1: just like nope nope just us yeah now, like <laughs>
0: and also sometimes I feel like even though it feels like appropriate I'm like nobody should really get this much positive feedback like I'm just a, <laughs> I'm just like a guy you know like I'm not like I, it's like appropriate so I'm not saying this to make anybody feel sh- like ashamed or whatever but it's just like I'm just like some idiot you know yeah and so it's all it's all very like
1: oh I totally it yeah be overwhelming totally and that like I I generally have had uh, like a. I've had a very hard time my entire life having self esteem. Like it's been a very tough. Sure. One. And <laughs> who uh, has self esteem? Right. Nobody. <laughs> like, and I and I definitely like have worked really hard to it. Like, fake it till you make it. It's like I'm fine. I'm good. I am good with this. And if I just keep saying that, maybe someday I'll believe it. You know, like, but it. Yeah. But, but it, it it has helped. Like that mantra has helped. Um. But now. Like, I don't know how to take compliments. I don't know how to do that. I'm just a weird little nerd. I don't know why people want to talk to me. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's so bizarre that my speech went viral and people mm. like come up to me and start crying because mm. they want to meet me. Like, it's such a weird concept for me. Mm. And like I even uh, a, a dear friend of mine that uh, when I was in uh, New Orleans for Southern decadence recently, uh, my friend I used to do drag with the only straight girl that I knew that ever did drag with us as a drag king um, lives there and was like, Oh, I get to see you. And I was like, you should come to the contest and see how weird my world is. <laughs> like, And came and like brought her boyfriend and they loved it. And I went out to them afterwards and I was like, Hey, what did you think? And they're like, You have, like, fans. I'm like, right? Fucking weird. And it's like, yeah, like, people, like, like, I said that I knew you, and they're like, oh, my God, you know him? And it was like, you're just my weird, nerdy friend. I'm like, that's exactly how I feel. Like, I don't know why or how this is happening to me. It's so surreal. Yeah. People, like, yeah, they wait in line, they talk to you, and you're like, thanks. And then sometimes
0: people get, like – Really famous,
1: (laughs) you know, the experience that you're having
0: or that I'm talking about, and then like there's people who are like,
1: like, chasing the
0: grocery store kind of, yeah, that type of thing. Like, and I just think to myself, what a that is what a strange experience! How, how, how is anybody, how
1: separated from real life does that feel? Like, because I'm sure it's like, I'm just a person, I just want to go get a slice of pizza. But I can't stand in a line or outside anywhere. Like, that's so isolating and crazy. Yeah, I
0: have to me. no idea. I don't know. I don't I, know.
1: I hope I wouldn't, like, even when I did stand up, I was like, you know, that dream of like, I wanna get there. And then I was just like, but what happens if I got there? Like, I would never be able to do anything. And that that's horrible yeah. <laughs> to me.
0: <laughs> yeah. When you say that you were doing drag, do you mean were you in drag? As a woman, were you, were you doing, were you queen, were you a queen
1: or a king? King. You were a king? Mm -hmm. Before I could grow my own facial hair, I painted it on. (laughs) Really? Yeah. It was, it was very much, I always say like uh, being, drag is a gateway drug to Mm -hmm. (laughs) to being trans because you put on that mustache one time and you're like, that looks great. Like, and it's just like that, that moment of feeling like I didn't know I wanted this, but I mean, I, I was out well before I did drag, but. It was right before I I tried to move to Portland years and years back, and I'd never lived anywhere but with my parents and at home before. And I was like, if I can get over some stage fright and do this for a year, I feel like I can move away from home and be okay. And I did it, and then I I had to move back home a couple months later because everything kind of fell apart. And I just fell back in, and then you 10, 11 years later, I was still doing it with the same troop and the same people, and like – I love I love them so much. Like they, uh, the Rebel Kings of Oakland were some of my sponsors for IML because they were just like, we love you, we oh, wow. support you in every every way. Possible. I love Drag like,
0: Kings and they and Drag Kings do not get enough credit. And honestly, one thing that I think is <laughs> like um, that I cannot believe we're still waiting for is a king to be on Drag Race. Right? Why is there no king on Drag, w- drag Race? I know it's because it's like I know it's a much smaller. Group of folks and also the industry isn't in place the same way because it's like not the same
1: thing in terms of just even community visibility. But I I always – (laughs) so I I, I had this conversation with a few drag queen friends of mine where it's like you can't have – you can, but you can't have drag queens and drag kings in the same competition with each other. Tell me why. Because the – the fundamentals of what you're looking for in that performance tend to be vastly different. Drag queens tend to take about six hours to get ready. Sure. <laughs> and a lot of the performance, like there, and this this is you know not a hard and fast rule. There's no one true way to do anything. Um, but there tends to be a lot less running around and like skit to like act <laughs> to 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 of the performances. And you also see that in the way people tip them. You walk up and you hand them a dollar. Or they come up to you and they take your dollar and they lip sync and they walk around and they look fucking amazing. And then Drag Kings takes us 15 minutes to get ready. <laughs> sometimes more, sometimes less, depending on how crazy. Like, I have friends that do, like, crazy makeup, costume stuff that take forever. And then you have, like, a whole like, there's a whole, like, theatrical storyline to your act. Like, there's a whole b- – and that, again, is not a hard and fast rule, but that tends to be a lot more of the difference. So you're looking for very different things out of that act. Also, you, like, throw money at drag kings. You just, like, throw it in the face, throw it like that. That's been, like, what what I've experienced That's my really whole funny. life. So there's a very big difference in that. And I think that if you're judging something like drag race, you're so used to judging based on certain things that you don't necessarily look for in a drag king performance. And sure. And I, I would, I would love to see drag kings on that show. I would, I so can't wait for the validation of seeing that. Yeah. I also like want to see it done right. You know, like I want to see people like appreciate the differences and see what work is done for different people and the things that we focus on. You know, and you know, at this point, I think people ref, more refer to me as a like male entertainer than they do a drag king because I you know, I I identify as trans pretty much exclusively as an educational thing at this point. Like I identify as a man. And, and so there's a lot of like, I don't have to put on facial hair and I don't like do anything of that. I basically just do what I wanted to do as a kid, which was jump around and play air guitar. And like, (laughs) you know, like that's, that's most of my acts. (laughs) And, and that has a very different energy to it. And a lot of, uh, different, like, uh, or like political views like even on what, what you're doing than being a drag king or a drag queen. Sure. And I don't want to take anything away from that culture.
0: Definitely, like, yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. I think for me when I think about a uh, king being on that show, I think about just that it is right now the best way to open up uh, revenue streams and that like as soon as a community yeah. gets some money, it changes things a little bit. And, yeah. I, and I think, um, you know – in some ways some of the success of drag race has been about i mean just to bring it back to like the very beginning of this conversation it's been about like the absurdity of you know because most of the folks that are on there are cis gay dudes like the absurdity of a man giving up his claim to masculinity with yeah. with so much extreme with with in in such extremity you know and i think that that's That we've – that show has done so much to sort of normalize that, but because only that side of the spectrum is now celebrated, it's like there – I really would love to see – I would really love to see women get to – explore masculinity in a way that doesn't have to include men. I'm like waiting for that. Which is so the scary hard. part, right? It's, it's like, like even oh my
1: God, why, like we can't <laughs> allow someone to see how easy it can be to like make fun of, like to, to play with gender and be able mm-hmm. to look masculine. Like we have to hold on to that. Like, that's not something you can do. If right? you want to be a girl, go ahead and do that's it. That's fine. But, yeah. Right. But like, yeah, it's, it's so the fact, the sheer fact that people across the board now, if you say drag queen, People at least have an image; they know what that mm-hmm. is. But then you say drag king, and so many people are like, "What's that?" The fact that you can't turn that just as easily to be like, "Oh, obviously, if I know what this is, I can know what this what is." What a great point! It, it, I'm com- always shocked when people have no idea what a drag king is. Well,
0: I mean, the president, I think, has—I swear to God, this is true, right? Like when he like took over the when he took over the White House, I think he has a fucking rule that if you're if you're a woman and you're there and you work for him you have to wear a dress. Yeah. <laughs> like that is a fucking rule. And I mean mm-hmm. of course like obviously that's like the bare like the absolute least idiotic thing that this person has done, <laughs> but I'm just saying like the fact that that's part of all of this and I was just watching like there was some I mean, not to well, I am going to specifically call somebody. I don't know, there was like a promo for um, Ellen, that I just like saw randomly on Twitter, and then just was like, "Whoop, boop, Like, go away from this. And it was like, it's you know, in the wake of this whole controversy with her hanging out with George W. Bush, like this is the thing that's happening next, and it's her kissing. It's just I saw a, a photograph of her kissing Howard Stern on the lips, and I just I was like, ah! I mean, I wanted to throw my phone out the window. It's like even like our most famous lesbian mm-hmm. like our most famous lesbian who for a long time we've been I think as I mean
1: I've the, been the like the beacon of like yeah you can be a famous gay like you you can you can hit this you are the especially for for for, for like the age bracket that in. Mm-hmm. like you were the you were the first person I saw
0: yes you can be famous and be gay and also it's okay to be palatable you mm-hmm. know because like you and I, like, your life might not be palatable <laughs> to everybody. My life yeah. might not be palatable. And, like, that, I think, needs to always exist in our community. And I understand that there's, like, a spectrum where somebody's going to be on the other side over here. Like, but I'm for the daytime, you know? Mm. And then we're like, but we're for the nighttime. You know, like, right. even though that's other people putting their judgment on us, like, I still think it it had to exist in our community. But for me, the like, the hard edge on and, – and I just – I hate uh I hate lesbians performing uh interest in male attention. Right. It, like it's actually dangerous to our community. Mm-hmm. And I, anyway,
1: it's also like but that's also a spectrum though, isn't it? Like it's sort of like the idea that like we have to be all on this side or all on the other regardless mm-hmm. of how you identify. Like I for the longest time I didn't identify as queer, I identified as straight even though I was marrying a man because it's about how you feel comfortable and like he was the first and only man that I was ever interested in. I'm still I'm still primarily into women. And it's so it's but people want you to be palatable for them and put right. a box for them, even though Gender and sexuality is consistently fluid and on a spectrum, and we aren't always going to be fixed in one place, and that's okay. And just because you, like, you know, kiss somebody or even, like, have sex with somebody doesn't necessarily change your sexuality. It changes the moment. I mean, I Also, think we all a- have problematic friends. We all have friends <laughs> that we're like, oh, God, I don't want to invite you to my party, but I love you anyway. Like, the, the friend you go drinking with that you don't tell anyone else you go drinking with, we all have those <laughs> friends that— we're just like, oh, God, if someone sees me with this person and they catch it on Facebook, I'm going to catch so much hell. But you love that person even though they're an asshole. Like, we yeah. all have that. And to think that celebrities don't also have those friends of course. is ridiculous.
0: No, of course. Of course. And you know what? You're totally right. And I, and I also think, like, yeah, it's a lot to put on someone to expect that they are also going to not take advantage of opportunities that they have, yes. because that's something that you and I do. We mm-hmm. take advantage. Your community wants to give you some money to help you with your travel. We a, a lot of us. It is part of the human experience to take advantage of opportunities. Yes. So, like somebody gives us skybox tickets or whatever, like a lot of us would go, and right. and that's also shitty. I wish we were better than that, yeah. but that's not us. oh, yeah, That makes me
1: feel super guilty all the time, but I'm like,
0: <laughs> yeah. okay, like... Yeah, we're just, it's, we, you know, that's I think that is part of humanity. I think, like, and I love that you just gave me some further context there. I think, for me, I get upset about it because I think, um, like, being a lesbian doesn't have finite boundaries on the edge f- for men, ever, because of the way that we're... Like even our porn is
1: oh yeah a search
0: term on straight right sites, but not on like not their on gay sites yeah. or whatever. <laughs> so like I think that that kind of falls in that category of like even her, right. you know. Like I just like I want there to be someone that's not available to men, you know. Totally. Like yeah, like that's really what it is. Like I'm like oh fine, I'll be the one, but like it's exhausting, <laughs> you know. So anyway, I think it's more that, but I think that you're right to point out that. You know, that is me coming with my own shit in and looking. And then that's how we all operate in the world is that we all want other people to take the pressure off of us. Ellen, could you please stop kissing men so that I don't have to be the one who's saying I'm not available
1: to men? Yeah, I mean, and I totally get it. Like, even so – so there are people, and like I've had this conversation with my husband, I've had a conversation with a lot of people. There aren't a lot of people that, unless you don't know me, which was a lot of the controversy around my winning, like the people who'd said horrible things online about me were all people who had I'd never met, I, I never probably would meet. They, you know, like uh, they they don't really have any friends that are trans. Like, so I was an idea. Mm-hmm. I was an idea with a picture, but I was an idea. No one who knows me at least that I know of really had issue with my win or anything like that. Um so when people like so and I can pretty much get along with anybody. One of my biggest superpowers is that I deal with difficult personality people or, or like very very well. But there are people I don't like. There are people that I I can't stand to be around. There are people who piss me off, there are people who don't, but you would never know that. I'm kind and respectful to, and to everybody that's around me as long as they are also at least in my presence kind and respectful and even if I know they've said or done horrible things I will still be respectful because I do not want to be the person at the end of the day if someone throws a fit they can look at me and be and like this person was still being respectful <laughs> mm. because that is that will carry me far f- further than being like yeah this person was an asshole and I'm also gonna like be the person to be an asshole to them. And that same thing, like even like I can imagine that Ellen has had to like be around enough people and be super nice to them and then go home and be like, ah, oh, like just like that cringe of like I, I had to shake their hand or I had mm-hmm. to kiss them on the cheek and I just wanted to yell at them. And like that's such a hard road to, you know, to drive down and just yeah, like just- I have to be kind to people because my especially Ellen, her image is to be palatable and to be kind and to be nice to everyone and dance and be that person. And I can't imagine having to be in a room with somebody that you probably don't even like that much and still have to do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I certainly have been there myself. That being said, I, I think that, I think that you and I might have like a, I'm trying to think if I actually practice this. I think we might just have a slight like disagreement in the, it's not like I'm rude to people's faces, but I don't really, like, suffer fools. And I think and people that, shouldn't. Like, they and, shouldn't. And I think it's—I guess what we're all—what we're saying is, like, it turns out—I know this is going to sound really weird, but that um, not all queer people are the same. And that just because <laughs> we're, like, part of a same uh, pride parade, like, we can operate in the world in different ways and have different experience and carry a bunch of different identities. And all of that's true. And that's why it's important to talk about it. Because, like— you're coming in with your perspective. I'm coming in with my perspective, and like, thank God they're not always the same. Yeah, that would be uh, ridiculous.
1: Yeah, we're all we're all multifaceted people who react <laughs> to things differently based on the buttons that people have installed. Like, love
0: it. Ah, yeah.
1: Like, woof. Yeah, and I that, think that's it. Yeah. I think
0: we've done it. That was the perfect um, end. And I just want to ask you before I send you back into your day to shout out a queero, which is a person, place, or thing made you feel like you can be who you are today.
1: I've been thinking about this question since the beginning, and yeah. it's it's, a, it's real, real hard because there's so there's so many people, like there's so many like people that I've looked at to be like, how how could I possibly do this? Oh, it's still so dang hard. I can't. Even
0: think <laughs> um, well, we can just say that whoever you name doesn't remove the other people,
1: right? Um, I mean. Probably if I if I had to choose choose one person. So this is gonna be I'm gonna I might cry. Um my friend Kai, um, who was Leatherman of color in 2017. Um I went uh to IML and he gave his he made top twenty, he gave his speech and he started out the speech with when I was a little girl going to church. And I I I had no idea. Like I, I, and I immediately started to cry cause nobody had any idea and everyone was like very like, what? And I, I saw him just be like, and apparently he never wrote a speech. He just walked out on stage and started talking and it was so beautiful and eloquent and, and, and powerful. And I, you know, I'd always thought about doing it, but I didn't until that moment, I really didn't see myself on, on the stage doing that and he he definitely my sash grandpa uh, he definitely look like, do you see <laughs> do you see goosebumps do you see him uh, love that man so much he was also a part of the panel that I was on this weekend and I cool love him to pieces
0: well thanks for telling us yeah
1: it was it was a pleasure talking with you you too this was super fun yeah. thanks for having me
0: yeah absolutely